0: know if my heart could handle four to seven more games like that in june but i'll certainly take the end result as the boston bruins banged up on the blue line took a 6-5 overtime decision against the edmonton oilers last night we're going to talk about it also preview tonight's game against the flames on a brand new episode of locked on boston bruins your locked on bruins your daily podcast on the boston bruins Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoked be. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your daily routine free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. The Bruins won a wild one last night in Edmonton. We're going to break it down as well as discuss some injuries on the blue line and look ahead to tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. A quick reminder, you can find the podcast on social media at LockedNHLBruins and you can find me my Hockey Thoughts and Dad Jokes at Ian C. McLaren. Now, prior to yesterday's game against the Edmonton Oilers, it was announced that defenseman Hampus Lindholm is week-to-week with a lower body injury. That's why Mason Lori was recalled, and that's why he played during last night's game against the Oilers, and not just played, but excelled. This kid had 23 minutes and 32 seconds of ice time and three assists as Boston jumped out to a 4 1 lead over the Edmonton Oilers in the second period last night. Laura had the primary assist on the game opening goal, a power play goal scored by Morgan Geeky, his 10th of the season. He had a secondary assist on the team's second goal, which was scored by Brad Marchand, also assisted by Danton Heinen, who jumped up to the first line last night. And then he also had the primary assist on a David Posternak goal that put the Bruins up 5-4 at 1241 of the third period. All positives for Lori and the Boston Bruins. He had three assists to lead the team with... Three points last night now unfortunately amid all that scoring the Bruins blew a huge lead and we all know that it was for one narrative that Boston created when they were um losing to the Toronto Maple Leafs in game seven uh back in 2013 Last night, the script was flipped a little bit as the Bruins were up 4-1 on the Oilers after that goal from Frederick. 16th goal of the season for Trent Frederick, I should add. And then Jake DeBrusk scoring his 13th goal of the season to break out of a slump that he had been in as well. So the Bruins were up 4-1. Unfortunately, they allowed the Oilers to tie things up on goals from Warren Fogle, Matthias Yamark, and Corey Perry, of all people. And then Pasternak put the team up once again. Zach Hyman scored his 34th of the season to tie things up less than a minute later. So the positives, Boston got some contributions from Mason Lorai, Jake DeBrusque, who uh, in a great exchange with his dad during the game, his dad pulled out a coupon that stated, uh, you know, Either score a goal, record an assist, or it's 30 push-ups. And uh, DeBrusque got the goal, his first, since the All-Star break, snapping a seven-game scoring slump. So those were, you know, blowing that lead is not something to write home about. Not great at all. But credit to the Bruins. They didn't give up. They stuck with it. And Charlie McAvoy scored at 310 of overtime. Deacon going forehand to backhand, avoiding a poke check from Stuart Skinner to get the extra point for the Boston Bruins. And it was a huge, huge boost to this team after what could have been spun as an epic collapse on the road against a very, very good team. Jeremy Swayman said he thinks that's kind of their identity. Not exactly how they drew it up, but it was special to get those two points and the way they did it through adversity, through Edmonton's push, which was inevitable. Let's be honest. They're a very talented offensive team, really special for the group moving forward. The mentality of the group is just do whatever you need to do to win, no matter whether it's one nothing or a 6-5 game. They know how valuable every point in this league is, especially at this stage of the year. And it's really special to see the group come together and fight through no matter what comes their way. That's what Jeremy Swayman had to say after the game. And I talked about the other day, how, you know, it was a subpar homestand. The Bruins could use this road trip as a uh, point of, uh, you know, galvanization, if that's a word, to come together on the road trip. It's a bonding experience, fighting through adversity, sharing that, team travel, team dinners, all that kind of stuff. And Jim Montgomery said he loved the way they kept forging ahead. They didn't worry about what happened positively or negatively. They continued to play. Obviously, it was a great push by a great team in the third period. That kind of snowballed two blown leads for the Bruins, but they went right back to work afterward. And and he thought when they made it 4-4, the next four minutes, the Bruins controlled the game, started to push. They got the past the goal, but they came back. It was a great experience for the fans in the stands and those of us who, uh, you know, stayed up to watch this game. Now, we'll talk about Bruins injuries here in a moment. The Oilers were missing uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And their coach, Chris Knobloch, said they did miss him but it was an opportunity for someone to stand up. Warren Fogle did so, cutting the score to 4-2 and helping his team get back in the game. They were happy with the way they battled back, but at the end of the day, Boston got the extra point, and and that's what matters most. It's not really uh, about how it, it all came to be. It's about the end result and the Bruins' Uh, got that extra point which was huge so the highlights for sure mason lori coming in getting those three points jake debrusk you know i talked about him yesterday needing to uh, pick up his game to get back on track he had a goal and an assist um david Pasternak had a goal and an assist trent frederick scored as well morgan geeky with his 10th Positives for the Bruins who were outshot 42-36. They did score a power play goal thanks to Morgan Geeky. Killed all three of Edmonton's power plays, which was huge. And eventually got the two points, which full credit to the Bruins for sticking with it, battling through an injury to Hampus Lindholm. Another injury that occurred during the game, which we'll touch on here in a moment. Sticking with it despite blowing that 4-1 lead and just a, a, an all-world effort from Charlie McAvoy to end things in overtime. Uh, I talked about on Twitter how Quinton Byfield may have scored the goal of the year a couple nights ago, but that one by Charlie McAvoy last night was certainly one to remember for Bruins fans and should be on highlight reels for, uh, for, for a long time. All right, we're going to talk about Matt Grizzlick coming up here and some reinforcements needed on the blue line. And uh, we'll touch on that as well as preview tonight's game against the, floor, sorry, the Calgary Flames here as the podcast continues. Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies, even toys. Make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using code LOCKEDONNHL when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONNHL. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONNHL. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Ruins part of your everyday routine, free and available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, we also have the Locked On Sports Today channel over there, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It's also now available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Covering all the top sports stories of the day, find Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and now available in the free Fire TV channels app. Now, one of the reasons why Mason Lorai got such heavy minutes last night was because Matt Grizzlick only played 35 seconds. He was injured, did not return, and um, Mark Allred of Black and Gold was reporting this morning that Ian Mitchell has been recalled from Providence and is on his way to Alberta uh, to serve as reinforcements for tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. So the Bruins could be without two of their top four left-hand shot defensemen here for tonight's game against the Flames and who knows how long that could last. Don't forget uh, Hempis Lindholm, as I mentioned, is week to week with a lower body injury. He is not going to have surgery, thankfully, but uh, he will be out for some time, which obviously is a huge loss for the Bruins on the blue line. Now, a lot of fans would say maybe that's a good thing. He hadn't been playing very well, but still, it's a big loss for the Bruins, especially if. Grizzlick is out for a long period of time as well. Mason Lori stepped up. Charlie McAvoy played over 30 minutes. Brandon Carlo had over 25 minutes. Derek Forbort had a giveaway that led to a goal. Parker Witherspoon played 20 minutes. The Bruins were relying heavily on uh, five defensemen and, the fact that they still pulled out the win was pretty big for the uh, for the Bruins. Now, friend of the pod, Scott McLaughlin posted uh, an article this morning with 10 targets for the Bruins on the blue line that included Jacob Chikrin, Noah hanifin Chris Tanev, Sean Walker, Jake Middleton, some other depth guys like Alexander Carrier. Uh, but here's the thing. Even if the Bruins put Lindholm or Grizzlick on LTIR and clear out some cap space, we're still looking at the limited asp- assets to use in the trade market. They don't have first, second, or third round pick this year. They don't have a second next year. Are you going to be trading? If you want to make an impact move, you're going to have to deal Fabian Lysell or Johnny Beecher or maybe Georgie Merkulov. Those guys aren't really going to tip the scales. That would have to be part of a package. Your biggest impact prospects that you can trade are Lysel, Patra, Lorai. I'd be reluctant to deal any one of those guys this season because they're such huge parts of the future. And as we've seen, there's really no guarantees that when you add, you're going to succeed in the playoffs. So do you coast with the reinforcements you have internally, or do you look to make a deal if Grizzlick especially is going to be out for any length of time? Because at the moment, Forbort and Lorai are your top two left-hand shot defensemen. A position that was already you know, arguably in need of reinforcements, I would assume Kevin Shattenkirk will be back in the lineup tonight. Um, how heavily can you rely on him as well? So the Bruins really banged up on the blue line at the moment. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo will be leaned on heavily, and then after that, it's Forbort, Witherspoon, Shattenkirk, and Lori With Ian Mitchell coming up, you're going to need to shore up the defense and it's just a matter of how big you swing and what the cost would be you can probably get a serviceable defenseman for a mid-round draft pick but again the Bruins don't have even have a third this year So you're gonna have to be dipping into next year's draft pool which they don't have a second or a fourth so Don Sweeney really has his work cut out for him in order to try and improve On the blue line. And um, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens here. If you want to go for a Noah Hannafin, it's really, really going to cost you. And I just don't know if it's feasible for the Boston Bruins to pull something off like that. Unless it's a Taylor Hall situation where it's like the guy will only go to Boston and you get a steal of a deal. So we await word on Matt Grislyk's, um injury. We know Lindholm's out week to week. We know Ian Mitchell likely being recalled. That's who the group is at the moment. And uh, interestingly, you know, Jacobs Borrow wasn't recalled. He's a guy that's in the AHL who could be serviceable, who's kind of on his last legs as an NHLer, um, kind of a last chance to prove. But he was not recalled, and uh, it looks like Mitchell will be up for tonight's game. We'll see if he's in the lineup, um, and uh, we'll preview tonight's game against the Calgary Flames here as the podcast continues. If you're hiring in 2024, then Indeed is the place you need to be. Indeed has over 350 global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites as well. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com. Go to Indeed.com right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on Locked On Boston Bruins. Join more than 300, sorry, 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply, but if you need to hire, then you need Indeed. The Bruins do not have much time to, um, you know, celebrate their win last night over the Edmonton Oilers. They're heading south today to take on the Calgary Flames tonight. It's a back-to-back situation. Jeremy Swayman was in net last night against Edmonton, so we can expect Linus Allmark to get the start tonight. And he will likely be facing Jacob Markstrom, who's having a career resurgence after a very down year last year. He's 18-15-2, which is pretty good for a team outside the playoffs. He's got a 9-13 save percentage, and the Flames are coming off a win over the Winnipeg Jets, although they're 5 and 5 over their last 10 in general the bruins 5 3 and 2 uh the flames do have kind of a middle of the pack rankings when it comes to goals for and against they're 17th scoring 3.07 goals per game 16th allowing 3.09 the bruins had been struggling offensively Broke out last night with six games, which was uh, sorry, six goals, which was great to see. They now rank ninth at 3.37, their fifth, 2.68 goals allowed per game, with an uncharacteristic five against last night. I mentioned the penalty kill was effective against Edmonton. They are still rank 11th in that respect. Their power play is 23.7% success rate, which ranks seventh. Calgary's power play, abysmal. They rank 28th. Although they do have a pretty good penalty kill, they rank fifth. Their best player over the last five games is Nazim Codri. He's got three goals, two assists. Jonathan Huberto, 10.5 million dollar man. Uh, he's got three assists for Calgary to lead in helpers over the last five games. David Pasternak, seven points in the last five games, including three goals. Charlie McAvoy with six points, including the goal and five assists over the last five games. Uh, Calgary is led in scoring by Kadri He's got 48 points through 56 games. They're also getting contributions from Blake Coleman, Igor Sharangovich, Huberto down the line and of course on the blue line they have Mackenzie Wieger, Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin who is coveted by Bruins fans and perhaps by the team itself so the good news for the Bruins is that the Flames aren't very good this season but they're coming off an emotional win last night the Flames will be a bit more rested and they have Jacob Markstrom in net who could very well steal a game for the Flames. So Bruins could be in tough to take this one. They did lose to Calgary back on February 6th by a score of four to one. Um, so that's not great in that game. It was Andre Kuzmeco who scored in his flames debut and Markstrom in that one was excellent. 9.55, safe percentage. That was the first game back out of the brick. The Bruins looked a bit rusty and listless. And those same effects could be in play tonight since they played last night. And, um, you know, could be a bit tired, banged up. They got a banged up blue line for sure. And so, yeah. One to be wary of tonight. Thankfully, it's not a 10 22 p.m. start like it was last night. This game will uh, kick off, I believe, at 9 p.m. On paper, it's a winnable game for the Bruins in a vacuum, but you consider the back to back situation. Calgary has a bit more rest. Jacob Markstrom in net, Boston's depleted blue line, and it could be a bit of a trap game for the Bruins against. The Flames, who are well out of the playoff picture out west. Well, not well out. They're only three points back of St. Louis. So they're still playing for something here. And we'll see if they're able to get the better of the Bruins tonight. As, um, yeah, they look to build off the win last night against Edmonton. Two straight wins for the Bruins. albeit one in a shootout and one in overtime. All right, that's it for today's episode. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by a guest to discuss whatever happens tonight, to preview Saturday's game against Vancouver, and to discuss all the latest with respect to the black and gold. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please do subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other.